You know I'm gonna get you, yeah. Whatever it takes to get there. And we are back. Yes, the Basement Talk Podcast. Back at it for another episode. I am your host, Ed Birdsall. As you probably know already, considering you have heard me too much this week and will probably hear too much of me going forward. But that's okay. It's what we're here for. And of course, I'm joined by my co-host, one of the hosts of the Jetsway Podcast, Mr. Jake Simone. Hi, Jake. What's going on, Ed? How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm ready to uh, ready to spit some shit again. Well, that would make two of us. So let's get into it. Yes, sir. So on the docket for today, we have a top four college football debate this was one that was highly requested to start talking about the top four and who would be in it we're going to assume that the top four that will be in it will be containing three of alabama clemson notre dame but then who gets the fourth spot and maybe we we evolve into a whole conversation of what happens with the acc title game what if notre dame lose to clemson what if clemson lose again to Notre Dame. We'll be talking about that as well. And we will be going through the end of the offseason, giving our predictions as to where we think all of the top targets will be going, such as Francisco Lindor, such as JT Romuto, such as DJ LeMahieu. Might have some sad news for Yankee fans on DJ LeMahieu on that one. And then to end the show, we'll be doing a kind of sort of Mount Rushmore-ish sort of thing. Haven't done one of those in a while, so we will uh, be doing one of those. But to start off here, as usual, for the end-of-the-week release, Jake, who's your deep sleeper of the week? Or what is your deep sleeper of the week? My deep, deep sleeper for the week. Your deep sleeper of the week. I have, just sticking on the college football topic, I have Trevor Lawrence finding his way back into the Heisman Trophy discussion. Ooh. I think he's going to have an absolute monster game against Notre Dame. And those voters are going to have a lot to think about when it comes to the Heisman Trophy. A deep, deep sleeper. Solid bet, by the way, if you want to put it in. A very solid bet, considering the odds are, are pretty good that you can get the Trevor Lawrence. I would, I would assume it's got to be what? He's got to be third in the list. If he's behind Trask and, and, uh, and Mac, Mac Jones. Jones. Yeah. yeah. And then it goes yeah. Lawrence. So he's got to be, I would assume that's got to be plus 500 at least. At, uh, yeah. At least. So, so. This, this is the time if you, but I think he's going to light it up against Notre Dame. There's no way Notre Dame wins this football game on Sunday. None. No, no, I, I don't, I don't think so either. I think Clemson are going to steamroll them. And again, I've been, I've been of the mold that Notre Dame are one of the most overrated teams in college football. I, I have to agree. I don't think they stand a chance against a Ohio state. I don't think they stand a chance against Clemson. I don't think they stand a chance against Alabama, you know, it, whatever, whatever way the top four shapes up to be. I don't even think they would stand a chance against Florida. Quite yeah. honestly, I think Florida would, would steamroll them comfortably. Save um, the bullets. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So my deep sleeper of the week. And this is, this is, an inter- this is an interesting one because it, t- it sort of ties in the basement talk podcast fantasy show. Great program. Go check it out. Trade deadlines. So, we had a little a little tiff that happened in uh, in one of my leagues. This actually just happened uh, yesterday, Wednesday, where I was very clear with everybody that 
the deadline would be moved because of all of the craziness that happened last week with the game where we had Monday football, Tuesday football, Wednesday football, and then waivers would be, you know, you set your claims Thursday and the claims go through Friday. So I decided to move the deadline to this Wednesday, which was, of course, yesterday. because we're recording Thursday, 12.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so what ended up happening was one of the fine managers that I am in this league with completely forgot about the deadline. And so I had made a trade earlier in the day and... It was a dead. It was a deadline move. I went out of my way and I got Miles Gaskin. Let's just let's just put that out there. So basically, what ended up happening was then he wanted to make a move. So he had said to me in the league group correspondence that we have, you know, what time is the deadline? So I said twelve noon. Big tiff, big 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 tiff, because he was saying to me. That, and I quote, and I quote, half the league is not up before 12. So I said, well, A, it's not my call because it is a preset setting for the trade deadlines to be at 12 o'clock. That's number one. And number two, if people aren't up before 12 o'clock, they can blow me. And conversation was, conversation was over. But the bottom line is, Know when your trade deadlines are. Be responsible. Don't be like this person who didn't know when the deadline was, even though I had told them about it a week prior. Now, my whole rebuttal to that is what the hell kind of a league is a trade deadline a week before a week? It was this week, you said? It was Wednesday, but it was supposed to be last week. Even last week, every trade deadline needs to be the week before Thanksgiving. What is this? The playoffs are way too close. Where? Well, the way that we the way that we had it set up to be after Thanksgiving is in a normal year, what we what would happen is everyone gets to come home, everyone gets to see each other, and everyone gets to do do discussions face to face. That with the deadline is a week after Thanksgiving, which was what it was. But because COVID, because games, because rosters were locked and, and everything like that, we moved it up to we moved it back to this week. Which yeah, so I don't inside twenty twenty, it didn't matter. So I don't get what your trade deadline was. So it, it's just for people to come home and no Basically, fear of collusion. To do deals to do deals face to face and in person instead of having to do it over these stupid technological devices, which suck. A lot more room for collusion. I don't know if I I don't know if I would be on board with that if I was in the well, league. Well, the way the way that the league works is it just it passes through a trade board. So basically if there is any collusion, it'll be sniffed out. Okay. If there is any collusion, it'll it'll be sniffed out. It goes through a rigorous process where it it has to pass through. So if there was any collusion, it would be it would be sniffed out, but the rest the rest of my deadlines were two weeks ago, but because this is a bigger league and there's more things that are involved, you know, we just decided, you know what, give people more time to do what they have to do. And then that's that. But apparently a 12 PM deadline, which I had no control over was the, was the cause of a, uh, of a massive, massive. Tip. Yeah. The whole, the whole not being up thing is a bunch of BS. That is what it is. Right. But 
the overall timing of the deadline is definitely interesting. Well, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it, but it comes down to what everyone in the league wants, and the majority always wins. And the majority wanted it to be after Thanksgiving, and that's the way it's been. And unfortunately, with this year, given how ass backwards it's been, we had to we had to move it. So, it, it, fair enough. It, it is what it is. What it is, unfortunately. Um, and then I have one more. I have one more deep sleeper, and this is one that um, I have been requested to put out there, and that is uh, the challenge on MTV. It is back. It is a beautiful program. Uh, everyone, please go watch it. It's great. It came back last night, and it's a fabulous, fabulous program. So. With that being said, let's just jump right into this top four debate, shall we? Because, I mean, this this is going to be dense because there is a lot to go and break down here given all the moving parts that are associated and things that obviously now have to happen. So basically where we're at is Ohio State had their game canceled to, they were supposed to play Michigan this weekend. Game was canceled because Michigan had a COVID outbreak within their team. Per Big Ten rules and regulations, which is where the Ohio State Buckeyes, of course, play in the Big Ten, a team is not eligible to play in the Big Ten championship if they have played less than six games. Ohio State has played five. So now this is causing a big debate within the Big Ten and the athletic directors and everything like that on whether they are going to bend the rules to allow Ohio State the clear best team in the Big Ten and the only chance that the Big Ten has to be represented in the college football playoff to play in their, in their conference title game or whether the rules are going to stand whether Ohio State will not be able to play in this game and then will have to go on a 5-0 and resume to be potentially eligible to play in the college football playoff, which to me, there's only one answer, is that the Big Ten has got to let that happen. Let's just, let's just start there and say that the Big Ten has lost the plot if they decide that they are going to completely screw Ohio State out of playing in their conference title game, which they will roll over Northwestern if they play in that game, get their that get their conference title done, get to six and zero Big Ten champions, and then you have that as part of the resume to get into the college football playoff. Jake, do we agree on that? Oh, absolutely. Ohio State needs to be there. Just the overall product of the college football playoffs would be completely diminished if Ohio State wasn't there to begin with what you can't tell me based off an eye test of why it's not even like Ohio State has a loss this year if they have a loss and they haven't played the appropriate amount of games I get where the argument's coming from but at the same time you can't tell me Florida or Texas A&M have been better than Ohio State this year there, there's just not an argument there. So, and the Big Ten, it's not like we're talking about some middle of nowhere conference. You, you get what I'm saying here? It's the Big Ten. Right. There's SEC, there's the, uh, there's ACC, the ACC, and then there's the Big Ten. Right. And then you have the Big 12, and then you have the Pac, which the Pac 12 never Pac-12's irrelevant. ever gets represented unless it's Oregon that has Justin yeah. Herbert or Marcus Mariota. And then outside of, outside of Oklahoma is, the Big Ten really 
the Big 12, excuse me, that there's never really that much in that conference besides Oklahoma. No. Especially no. From, from a college Unless, football playoff standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Har- hardly. Because you haven't had anybody like in Oklahoma with a Baker Mayfield Heisman Trophy winner or a Kyler Murray Heisman Trophy winner just decide to pull up, pull up on the scene. So yeah. the Big 12 are completely out of it. The Pac-12 are out of this conversation. So really now it comes down to assessing the resumes of both, well, all three, I should say, of Ohio State, Florida, Texas A&M. And Jake, you made a great point when you said you look at Ohio State. Yes, they've only played five games, but you look at the games that they've played. 52 to 17 against Nebraska. 38 to 25 against at the time 18th ranked Penn State in Happy Valley. 49-27 at home versus Rutgers. 42-35 at home to at the time number 9 Indiana. 52 to 12 in East Lansing against Michigan State. Yeah, you can make a case that Nebraska Rutgers are rollovers, fine. But you're going to say that Ohio State going on the road and beating a Penn State team at the time where the 18th ranked team in the country, you're going to say a home win versus a top 10 team in Indiana and going to East Lansing to Michigan State in a rivalry game. That those are, those are tiny losses or tiny wins. Excuse me. No, those are big wins. Those are resume building wins. And for me, again, you mentioned it, Jake, when it comes down to the eye test, Ohio state passed the eye test with, flying colors and if we go and look now moving on from ohio state to more talking about texas a&m and florida texas a&m from the sec west florida from the sec east florida on top of the sec east will represent the sec east in the sec championship game versus alabama texas a&m second in the sec west of course to alabama texas a&m and florida have played each other Yep. And Texas A&M won. So, and this was also in College Station, Texas A&M. So now it begins a debate that you have to have of, well, first of all, if Alabama wins the SEC championship, which is not a sure thing. It's not a sure thing that, uh. that Alabama are going to win that game. I, I think it is, but they're favorites. <laughs> they, they are favorites, but yeah. I'm not going to rule out uh, the Kyle duo, Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts. We look now at that. Let's just say, for instance, Florida wins that game. Florida wins the SEC championship. A&M remains the only team that beat Florida, who at the time were the number four team in the country. And then you have Ohio State, who are Big Ten champions, undefeated, but have only played six games, let's just say, pending the Big Ten championship happens. What in the hell? And it, This is not even bringing into the equation the Notre Dame-Clemson discussion. Yeah, that's another one where... Because um... what happens if Notre Dame beats Clemson? And Clemson has two losses to Notre Dame. Clemson wouldn't make the college football playoff. No, I don't. I don't think they would. Now, Clemson. The so you're asking me the scenario if Clemson loses to I'm asking Notre you Dame, out of everything that I just said, what the hell is going to happen? What well, what's going to happen is if you what's going to happen is Clemson's going to steamroll over Notre Dame. Notre Dame's not making the College Football Playoff. 
Really? I, I don't think they make it. They're now because they beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. Like how impressive if they go in there and lose by 21 plus to Clemson. What what case do they have to make it? That they beat Over, in, that they beaten at the time number number two ranked Clemson team with number with three a quarterback. Me. Yeah, with, with a backup, backup quarterback, quarterback though. With a backup quarterback, five star recruit. So it wasn't I, like it wasn't like DJ Uliangalai was you know a, a complete rollover. He he wasn't. He actually I he was yeah. the best part of that game for Clemson. It was the yeah. defense that completely just rolled over. Yeah, this but that's not Trevor Lawrence though, man. Uh, the, no, I'm no, sorry. it's not. It's and not. I I agree. So let's just say what I think is going to happen is Clemson's going to steamroll over Notre Dame. I think Alabama is going. I think the game will be a lot closer between Alabama and Florida than a lot of people think. Florida is very good. Yeah, I agree. But at the same time, that Florida defense is – I don't see how they can have an answer for Devonta Smith. Jalen Waddell is supposed to return for the uh, the Crimson Tide at mm-hmm. the end of the year. And also, don't sleep. Justin Ross might be returning for Clemson. Which would be something. Oh, that would be humongous for them. That's their best player on offense outside without, of Travis Etienne probably, but yeah, their best question. pass catcher. So that's, question. that's a significant – guy to get back i think the four teams in the college football playoffs with everything that i said you texas a&m has a case to make the college football playoffs they absolutely do they they do if that happens you'd probably have number one would still be alabama two would be clemson three would be ohio state and then that fourth seed it's either texas a&m notre dame or Florida. And I would say it's tough, man, because we really haven't seen the scenarios play out. But if you're Texas A&M, you win you went out with one loss. Right. It's it's very loss, hard the one loss being against Alabama. Against Alabama of all teams. Right. I think you have a case. No, I Jake, I completely I completely agree with you. And that's this is what makes this decision and this discussion so complex and hard to have because you can make a case that Alabama, they're Alabama's a shoo-in. Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Florida, and Texas AM have very compelling cases as to why they should be in this discussion. I would consider Ohio State a shoo-in too. There's no way they're going to lose to Northwestern. Well, zero, zero shot. Well, the question then with Ohio State has got to be, let's say they, they do get the permission from the Big Ten to play in that game. And they win that game, then yes, Ohio State would be a shoe and I, I completely agree with you. But if they don't play that game, and if that game doesn't happen, or if they decide that it's now Indiana that goes into that game to play Northwestern, and Ohio State now is a 5 and 0 team with no conference championship but the uh, they passed the eye test then what happens I still think that they I still think they're going to get I dude I agree with you I agree with you and I have I still I, think I, so. I, I've been having this discussion all week like do we do we really need to see Ohio State play Michigan for us to wonder if they would win or of course they're going to win Michigan got smoked by Penn State and they got they almost lost to Rutgers um, 
was just Michigan State they lost to. We don't need to see Michigan is some hot garbage, man. Yeah. We don't need to see them. Pl- we don't need to see Ohio State beat them by 30 or 40 to make us think they're better than what we already think they are. No, that's that's the point is. And one of the other games that they had canceled was at home versus Maryland. Yeah, so we the really tag, the other tag of a law is going to win. Come on. Yeah, right. We really needed to see Ohio State at the shoe versus Maryland. They would have steamrolled that steamrolled that. I mean, like. It would have There's been nothing ugly. to discuss. No, but for me, here's where I stand. Is regardless of whether or not Trevor Lawrence was there for Clemson, Notre Dame for me have a very compelling case to be in this discussion. Oh, they because did. Yeah. It wasn't like the Clemson offense was terrible without Trevor. In the first half, they were. The first half they were, second half found God. DJ Uliangalale was fine. He was fine. He was, of course, he's not Trevor. Nobody really is. But if Notre Dame now with Trevor, this is this is a golden opportunity for Notre Dame to prove so many people, myself included, wrong. If they can go into an ACC championship game, beat Clemson. With Trevor Lawrence, I agree with you, Drake. Jake, I think Clemson are done. Done. If they lose that. And then a team like Texas A&M is well, probably going to make the college football playoff then. Right. Well, then that opens up a whole nother discussion. So if we have now, let's assume, let's just play a what if now. Let's assume that Ohio State play their Big Ten championship game and beat Northwestern. Let's assume now that Alabama win the SEC championship, and then let's assume that Notre Dame win the ACC championship. So then you would you would have Ohio State in, Alabama in, Notre Dame in. Then now you have one spot for three other teams. It would be between A and M, Florida, and Clemson. I'm picking Texas A and M. a tough one it's a really tough one you you can't no clemson can't get in losing to notre dame twice as much as we want to see trevor lawrence in the college football playoff they don't deserve to be in the college football playoff if you lose to notre dame twice and you they have a case for losing to them the first time because trevor lawrence didn't play but with the healthy trevor lawrence the acc championship no but and as with texas a&m their only loss is against the number one team in the entire country you're not going to let them in in the SEC, the best conference in the country. See, here's here's my thing as well because I also understand that the college football playoff committee have to be invested in what is best for business. That is I was going to say that, that too. So much of a huge factor in all of this that you look at those three teams then that are left based on these what-if scenarios that we're throwing around, who would be the biggest draw? It would be Clemson and it would be Trevor Lawrence. Would they deserve it, though, after losing twice to Notre Dame, then going up against two teams who, well, Florida in this instance would now have two losses, and Texas A&M, who finished second in their division in the SEC West, to Alabama would have won. And this is all pending, of course, that AM went out. 
it is an unbelievably compelling, deep, complex debate that has to be had. And I mean, I look at it also and I say to myself, my God, does this committee have a hell of a decision to make? Because someone is going to be left just pissed off. Yeah. Thank God BYU. Thank God BYU lost to Coastal Carolina. So we don't have to hear about them anymore. Thank God. Thank goodness. I I completely agree with you. I completely 1000% agree with you. BYU were never in this discussion for me to begin with. Never. The fact that they lost to Coastal, you know, that that puts them to rest finally. Let me ask you, is Georgia alive in your opinion? No. No. I've heard no. Pe- I've heard uh a bunch not a bunch of different people, but I have heard people make the case for Georgia. It's a compelling and, one. And I don't know how, but they seem to think they're alive, but the Florida loss I think ended their season. Yes, I agree. I agree that the Florida loss completely ended them because now now if you put Georgia into, into this conversation and you're going to say that Georgia deserved to be in this spot, well, Florida beat them. So if you're going to put Georgia in there, you got to put Florida in there. You got to put Florida in there. Right. And that's taking somebody else out. Or you're saying that Florida are going to get in over Georgia. So really it comes down to who the committee feel out of those three teams is the best team left. And the committee will now have to make a decision on whether Clemson at a two-loss team is better than Texas A&M, who would be a one-loss team. And that is an unbelievable decision that they'll have to make. But I agree with you, though. You're probably right in terms of business. If Notre Dame does lose on Sunday uh, – Sunday – on Saturday, thinking of my NFL, <laughs> uh, they're still probably going to get in because tons of Irish fans would be watching. Yeah. Whereas te- does Texas A&M really have that many fans? Nationwide? Well, think. Well, think of it. Think of it this way. Now, let's say it is Clemson, and Clemson getting is number four. You would have Clemson versus Alabama. Oh, the, and the you would have Ohio State that. versus Notre Dame. Ohio State Notre Dame doesn't excite me. No, no, but it doesn't excite me either. But Clemson, Clemson Alabama. Alabama, round one, not Ooh. even in the. Yeah. Well, and then this opens up a whole other can of worms with the cancellation of the Ohio State game, where there were things going on on Twitter, which said Texas AM, of course, had their game canceled this weekend as well. Ohio State had their game canceled. Bring them together. Wow. Bring them together. Have a number four versus number five, Ohio State versus Texas A&M, neutral site. They they were talking about the Liberty Bowl in in Knoxville. They, if if they were able to do that, that'd be quite the game to bet. Well, the Vegas released early odds for that game. What was the spread? Ohio State by twelve and a half. I would take Texas A&M with the. Points. I would take I would take Texas A&M the points. I would. I yeah. absolutely would. And well, then let's just say that that game happens. Texas A&M wins. Texas A&M. You have. Yeah, they're in. They're, they're in. in. The only way that, that then, you know, there'd be a debate is if Florida beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, then there would be some sort of debate. But at that point, if, if number five beat number four. And it, this it is wouldn't assuming Texas A&M would be it. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's. 
going to be a long, long road, my friend. So let's just get, before we move on to uh, Major League Baseball, let's just get a final prediction from you, Jake. I want your four teams, and I want them in order. Go. What I think the committee will take will pick, or what I would pick. How about both? How about both? I think the committee will go number one, Alabama. Number two will probably be Clemson. Number three, Ohio State. And number four, it's going to be Notre Dame. But if Notre Dame loses to Clemson, I'm sorry. I would put Texas A&M as my number four team. I mean, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think if if Notre Dame beat Clemson twice, they're done. But oh yeah, yeah. The way the way I see it, it would be Alabama number one. If Ohio State win the Big Ten championship, then I would have Ohio State as number two, Clemson number three, and then for me, it would have to be it would have to be Notre Dame number four. So it really doesn't matter because. Clemson and Ohio State are going to play each other either way. So there's really no debate two, three. Right, right. It, it, it wouldn't matter one, one way or another. But then the conversation has to start of, you know, would would they rank Ohio State over Clemson? But again, it doesn't It doesn't matter. really two, matter. Three, does, it doesn't matter. But then would they put Ohio State just for the sake of business? Would they give Ohio State to Alabama just to have a game? Or would they give Clemson? to Alabama or would they just say, you know what, whoever, whoever, whomever loses the ACC championship game, that's, that's your prize. You get to play Alabama. Oh, Clemson, Alabama round one would be, that would be must watch television. And then you would, I, I want to save them for, I want to see them collide in the uh, national championship. One, one last dance. Let's see if Saban can get his revenge on Trevor Lawrence. Let's see. Let's see it. See, we think Trevor Lawrence is the first pick in the draft. Go in there and carve up Nick Saban's defense for a send off. See, I don't want I don't want to see any of that. I want to see I want to see Justin Fields being able to parade as national champion for the Ohio State fan in May. But it's funny, I'm an Alabama fan, but Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be the quarterback of the Jets next year. So I would be in a I would be in a very weird predicament you, if you, that you, was you'd be very conflicted. Very conflicted, because I don't want his draft stock taking no, you, Any hits? You, you would want Alabama to make sure that Trevor Lawrence is hit very softly and very nicely and is placed on the ground and that there are no injuries. COVID is still a thing. You don't have to hit him. That's true. Social distancing. Yeah. Social distancing. Make sure Alabama keeps their distance from Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. He could, that, be, that, he I, could be contagious, you know. There's there was nothing wrong with that. He could no, be contagious. Wrong. Stay away from Trevor. Smart business. <laughs> yes, very smart business. I'm sure the New York Jets would be, would be very thankful if Trevor Lawrence does not get hurt in any way, shape, form, or color. Yeah. So now we move on to the next part of the program where we are going to be talking about Major League Baseball and the offseason that has been is and is yet to come. So the way that we're kind of going to do this is we're just going to go through and we're just going to talk about 
the bigger name players that are available, whether it is via free agency or whether it is, it is via trade. And we are just going to go through and have a nice grand old discussion about each of these players and to see where we think they are going to end up. And maybe we'll talk about potential dollar figures and years. Cause I know everyone is obsessed with that and potential suitors um, outside of who we think that they are going to land with. So I think the way that we'll start this is we'll talk about the trades first and then we'll talk about the signing. So we'll start with talking about Blake Snell, the star pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. There has been widespread rumors about whether or not Blake Snell would be a member of the Tampa Bay Rays uh, next season. Uh, Jake, I guess my first question for you is, A, do you think the Rays actually do trade Blake Snell? And B, if they do, where does he go? I don't think they're going to trade him. Uh, because they're probably going to want an astronomical haul for him. Without a doubt. So just looking at the teams, if let's just say the Yankees did not play in the AL East, that's a guy that they would probably look into trading for because they need another left-handed pitcher with James Paxson being a free agent, Jay Happ being a free agent, and not being any good. But that's that's, that's true. Topic. That's also true. So you if if you look at suitors, there could be the Angels who desperately want to improve their pitching but there's other ways to improve your pitching without parting from your farm system. You'd, you'd probably have to part with Joe Adele, a very talented outfielding prospect who they have high hopes for next year. I don't know if he's really worth that for Blake Snell, to be honest with you. So there's just not many suitors, and the suitors that are out there, I don't know if they have the pieces to give Tampa for them to part with their ace. So I think he stays with Tampa Bay. Yeah, I agree with you. I think another team that maybe, um, you know, and, and they'll be brought up a lot in this discussion that should be interested in trading for Blake Snell. The question is, do they have the pieces to do it? Which I believe they do is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Well, who, who is who, what guy that is on the trade block is not linked with the Los Angeles Dodgers? Um, Everybody is every Bryant? year. The guy we're going to be talking about next. Chris Bryant every year. Oh, the Dodgers could be the Dodgers could have interest. Oh, <laughs> the Dodgers are interested. Oh, they're going to get Mookie Betts for absolutely nothing. Pennies. Yeah. What a life. It's 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 got to be nice. Yeah, it's got to be nice. I, I wish I wish we had that. <laughs> so we move on from Blake Snell, who we both believe will be staying in his digs in Tampa, Montreal, wherever the hell they're going to be next year. To, of course, the aforementioned Chris Bryant. Now, this one, I think, is much more doable in terms of the Cubs. They want to shed salary. That is no secret. And there are plenty of suitors out there for Chris Bryant, namely two teams in the the NL East, the Atlanta Braves and the Washington Nationals. Both have been linked with Bryant for what seems like forever. And I think those are two places that really do make sense for Chris Bryant. The problem that I think both are going to kind of encounter is if the Cubs are smart and they know 
that there is a full-on bidding war for Bryant, the price is only going to go up. I would safely say that in a trade for Chris Bryant, if you're talking from the Braves' perspective, one of the things that has got to be included in that deal, I would imagine, has got to be someone of the level of, of a prospect slash young player like a Dansby Swanson. And from the Nationals' perspective, you would have to assume that right off the bat, Victor Robles would have to be in that deal for it to even be a conversation starter. I don't think Brian's value is as high as you think. You don't think so? No. He he has not been able to stay healthy the past two years. Well, you're selling you're and selling even, a even guy. Even when he plays, who, he hasn't been very good for the Cubs, to be quite honest with you. Well, you're selling a guy who has had promise in the past and still does. He still very much does. But if it was one team, sure then it would be much easier for that one team to negotiate the price down. But the fact of the matter is if the Braves and the Nationals are both in this, it's good for the Cubs because the Cubs now will be able to control what's being offered to them. There's a team you're forgetting about, and that's the New York Mets. Well, could I, was about, I was about to go there. Could absolutely be interested. Um, you would figure Ahmed Rosario and... To, Ahmed Rosario would probably have to be in the deal. And the Cubs also, I think Javier Baez could be moved. He's a free agent at the end of next year, so they're going to need some type of replacement for him. I think the Mets are a team to keep an eye on there because especially if they miss out on some guys in free agency, they have money to burn, and the owner wants to make a splash. It's a new ownership group. You know they're going to want to make a splash. They're going to want to get the fans engaged, get them back to City Field, especially if they don't trade for Lindor, I could see their plan B being Chris Bryant. Absolutely. Here's one for you. And this is, this is an outside the box one and something that I just thought of literally off the top of my head. And I don't know if there's any uh, reports or rumors that link the two sides, but what about the Boston Red Sox? They're trying to cut salary. They're trying to get underneath the luxury tax. Mm -hmm. I think this off season, they're going to be quiet. They're going to try to bargain basement shop. That might be for, Next offseason where they start spending a little bit more, but their whole M.O. since Dave Dabrowski has been gone from their front office has been we have to shed salary yeah. and we need to take a break from spending. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think the Red Sox are a fit there. And listen, it makes sense because they their luxury tax bill is inflated, to put it mildly. Yeah, especially during this COVID time, too. Yeah. Where yeah. that luxury tax is that much more devastating. We're, not every owner is Steve Cohen coming in on a, on a clean slate of spending. Right. Right. So then we move on to the next player up for discussion. It's probably the one that we think is going to be dealt, and that is Francisco Lindor, the shortstop for the Cleveland Indians. There has been... Rumors and reports around Lindor for what seems like the last calendar year that it's just a matter of when, not if, he'll be dealt from Cleveland and where he will potentially end up. And there are going to be no shortage of suitors for someone like Lindor. So, uh, Jake, where do you think Lindor is going to end up? This is an interesting one because... 
the haul that they're going to expect back, they're going to want big league ready players. And Lindor, you're going to have to pay him a ton of money. And to be quite honest with you, from a Yankee fan perspective, an outside perspective, I wouldn't want the Yankees to trade for Francisco Lindor. He has been complete and utter dog shit in the playoffs. And if you want to play for the New York Yankees, you need to produce in the big games. I think a guy like Jose Ramirez would excite me more as a Yankee fan. But the team I think is going to trade for Francisco Lindor is the New York Mets. Wow. I think they're going to get him. I think they'll give whatever whatever the Indians want. They might have to part ways with Rosario, Nimmo, their top prospect. They, I think they're going to give whatever they want. The I'm telling you, this guy, the owner, he's going to do whatever it takes to put names on the roster that are going to get the fans going. He wants that fan excitement, and uh, he's going to go uh, go hard with the spending this offseason because it's his first time owning a team. He's gonna he's gonna empty it, man. I really do. Yeah. And then, but but for future, I think they're going to be screwed in the long haul because this guy does. It's one thing to have a lot of money. It doesn't make you a smart baseball guy. You can't spend half a billion dollars a year on players. That just is not a sustainable way of doing business. No. But I think for this offseason, it's going to be an exciting one for the Mets. I think they're going to get Lindor. I really do. I can't think of too many other suitors out there. I'm sure the Dodgers are linked, but. That's who I have. That's who I have getting Lindor. The Dodgers. Dodgers? Yeah, because I think they do have the pieces that are readily available where they can go and they could put a a package together that could entice the Indians enough where if you put, if you're putting two of Will Smith, Dustin may and Gavin Lux into that, into that package, it might be, that's way too much. It might be a lot. It might be a lot, but that would be something that gets it done. I would even say one, one of those could potentially get it done. You put Gavin Lux in there, which is a natural like for like deal. And you add something else. That's probably a done deal. I would try to keep Dustin May. I think he's going to be really good. I think you try and keep Dustin May as well. I think but you Will try. Smith, though, catchers are hard to come by in this league, man. I yeah. Well, it really comes down to, for me, if the Dodgers are looking to do a deal for Lindor, it comes down to, do you see Gavin Lux being at the level or better of Lindor in the next four or five years? I personally believe that he can be. But again, it's all a matter. It's all hypotheticals. It is all a matter of hypotheticals when so it you, comes to Gavin Lux. So you would you'd probably move Corey Seager to second base then? I would move Corey Seager to second base, yes. I would then move Corey Seager to second, and you put Lindor at short. And then you figure Justin Turner returns to play third? Correct. Wow. And you, and then you still have and you still have Muncie at first. Lindor, Mookie Betts, Cody Ballinger. That's that's the best trio in baseball bar none. Yeah, I could see it, but I really think that the Mets are going to get. I I have a funny feeling about the Mets, man. I think they're going to have a big offseason. I wouldn't be surprised. I I really wouldn't. Nothing is going to shock me when when the Mets uh, make some moves. And and trust me, based on my predictions, uh, the Mets will be making some moves. And I guess this is where we just start going through the uh, the free agents here. So I guess we're going to start with for me he is my number one free agent of course the nl cy young winner mr trevor bauer the mets 
is one that makes a ton of sense. The Dodgers make sense. I mean, when I feel like I'm going to say the Dodgers make sense for just about every single player on here. Uh, the Yankees make sense. The Phillies, oh. the Phillies, if they have available money, which yeah. doesn't seem like that they do. The Blue Jays, the White Sox. You're leaving out the team that I have them going to, man. Two teams. I had I, I had a tough time picking between these two teams. Is one in San Diego and is the other in Minnesota? One is in San Diego. Well, I, I like that one. But I think he's going to go to the LA Angels. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. I mean, it makes sense. They, they need pitching. They, they, from all reports, they will do whatever it takes to upgrade their pitching. Shohei Otani can't be counted on to pitch next year. No. I think Bauer... I think Bauer will go to a team in California. That's what I think. I think he wants to. He's a UCLA product, California kid. The Padres, I had a tough time between the Padres and the Angels, but I think the Angels will just give him the the bigger contract, so I think that makes the decision easier for him. But the Padres are a young, exciting team. Mike Clevenger is a really good friend of Trevor Bauer. I think he wants to go to the West Coast and play. See, I, I actually have him signing with the Padres. Yeah, I'm with the Padres. I have yeah, Angels. I have, have Padres. Padres. So I think it's one of those two teams. I think the Mets will make him a very enticing offer, though. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I, it was very hard for me to say that the Mets were not going to be the one, but I just have a few other targets that are going the Mets' way. Um, so we'll have to stick around for that. I mean, in terms of a figure for Bauer, 30-year-old pitcher, just com- just coming off of a Cy Young season, I would think, Jake, and I could be very wrong on this, but I would think something in the lines of four or five years in the 120 to $140 million range would probably get it done. I have four years, $130 million. Okay. Yeah, that was my that, prediction. That's right in the middle. Right in the middle of what I thought. So we're kind of on the same the same page with uh, with that one. So. Jake has Trevor Bauer going to the Angels, and I have Trevor Bauer going to the San Diego Padres. So now we move on to the number two um, free agent here. And this is an interesting one because I did have the Mets signing JT Realmuto, but all signs are looking like it's going to be James McCann that signs with the Mets. So the JT Realmuto prediction is probably going to have to change. So... I mean, in terms of teams that I could see this being a fit, obviously going back to Philadelphia is one that stands out. Uh, the Yankees, if they decide that you know Gary Sanchez is not what they are, are looking for there, uh, the Nationals make sense. The Cincinnati Reds also make sense. The St. Louis Cardinals, if they are going to move on from Yadier Molina, who is also a free agent this offseason, then JT Romoto makes a lot of sense there. Um, if the Mets now are out of this, which it looks like that they are with the um, close signing of McCann, then I would say I'm going to go the safe route. I'm just going to say that JT Realmuto resigns in Philadelphia. That's what I have. I have four years, hundred million. Yep. That, that, that sounds about right. I think Bryce Harper wants him back desperately. I think the Phillies didn't just trade Sixto Sanchez, just not to keep JT Realmuto wrong long-term. I think the Phillies still want to, shed their salary a little bit. Mm-hmm. They might look to trade Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola. Uh, Didi Gregorius likely won't be back. Uh, right. Gene Segura, did they trade yet? 
or in, in the middle of will likely be traded, yeah, likely gone. So, uh, but Real Mudo, they signed, they traded for him for a reason, and I think they're gonna end up work. There, there's no reason not to. Right, right. They they traded for him, and you're not gonna just have him for a year and then just let him walk, especially when you only keep years, a guy yeah. that you've locked up for the next twelve million years in Bryce Harper. You want to keep him happy because I doubt that he'll be a. Uh, I doubt that he'll be in the Mike Trout mold where he'll just smile and show up to work every day and not yeah. and really don't give a fuck that he's losing as much as he is. I think Bryce Harper would be um, more than upset about that, given he just recently saw his ex-team, the Washington Nationals, win a World Series the year after he left, which I'm sure did not feel too good. So no. we move on from JT Realmuto. We move on to George Springer, the outfielder formerly of the Houston Astros. I have them going to the New York Mets. I think this one yeah. makes a lot of sense. They need a uh, right, right-handed hitting bat in the middle of that lineup, and they have obvious need in the outfield. Springer is the best outfielder on this market, and for me, that is one that is just that. That's a. Sh- I think that is as close of a shoe in as we are possibly going to have. So I have down for uh, George Springer. I have five years, one hundred and ten million uh, to the New Whoa. York Mets. I have a lot more money than that, but we're on five years. I have five years, 160 million. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So if you're assuming that the Mets are getting him, are you just assuming that the Mets just back up, back up the freaking uh, Hess truck? Yeah. With cash. Okay. That's fair. I, I think five years, 160 million. Five years, 160 would, million. We get it done. I think, I think Springer, I would be a little afraid to sign him. I know that's not going to go over well, Mets fans, but. He's been getting hurt the last two years. He's 31. Once the speed, I don't know. But if I ran the Mets, I would sign JT Realmuto and sign like a Jackie Bradley Jr. to play center field. I think Realmuto is way more valuable than George Springer, but whatever. I agree. Whatever. I agree. And maybe maybe they just don't view the catching position to be one where they need to have a premium sort of guy there. Where maybe if they have... A, if they have a Springer in their outfield, it's more valuable than having a Real Muto a catcher, which for me doesn't make any sense because I think I would rather have the best pound-for-pound catcher in baseball over a guy that maybe you're talking about as a top 15 outfielder. Maybe. Yeah. No, we're, we're on the same page there. So the next one, this this is one that I think is, is a little interesting because this has been under the radar and he's not really being talked about as much. Um, Marcelo Zuna. I really think that if we're talking about Ozuna, he has got to be going to a team that is not going to have him playing in the outfield every single day. Because that's the one thing about Ozuna that for me, his defense sucks. He's not meant to play in the field. So if that's the way that the that any team wants to play it with Ozuna, then you need to make sure, well, if he's going to the National League and there is no universal DH, then guess what? Then he's probably going to be forced to play in the outfield, and I don't know you know, what kind of contribution he's going to make there. There's no doubt that he'll contribute with his bat at the plate. But in terms of being in the field, I don't really know where that is going to end up. But I, in terms of where I think he can go, I think – the Astros make sense in terms of you could just plug him in as an everyday DH. You don't have to have him in the field and he's a replacement for Springer in that lineup. 
Uh, the Nationals make sense. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds make a ton of sense. So for me, I- I'm going to go and just – I'm going to say he goes back to Atlanta and he re-signs with the Braves. I know it's probably not one it's going to – it's going to probably happen. But for me, I just think going back to Atlanta where, he, again, he had a career year, it, it, it makes sense. I have him going to Toronto Blue Jays. All right, that's fair. I think they have money. I think they're going to want to spend money, miss out on a lot of the upper echelon guys, and you don't have to play them in the outfield every day like you alluded to. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think he's better off signing with an American League team where you can plug him in at DH. He can be a 25, 30 home run guy, and that's that. Yeah. And he'll return his value, and he returns his value at the plate. That's really what he does best. So – we hit a quick one, and now we go to one that might cause pain for a lot of people, and that is DJ LeMahieu, uh, the New York Yankees second baseman. Look, I mean, as much as I want DJ LeMahieu back, and I am begging the Yankees to bring him back, something tells me that the Yankees are not in a position where they are going to be going out of their way to go spend top dollar. And I think there are going to be teams out there that will be spending top dollar for someone like DJ LeMayhew. And unfortunately, that is going to price the Yankees very much out of this. And I have DJ LeMayhew signing with the Toronto Blue Jays. I think DJ LeMayhew tells those other teams nicely. Go fuck yourself. I'm coming back to the Yankees for less I, money. I, I hope you're right. I really I, hope I, you're right. I think it's going to be a four-year deal for $85 million. I think that okay. gets it done. Yeah, I, I don't think I the Yankees the Yankees will not go five years. No, but I think this guy, I think he's coming. I think he loves the Yankees too much not to come back. Yeah, I have it down as at four years, seventy five million. I think the Yankees. I think the Yankees don't go five years, but I think they pay him more within those four years to reward him on excellent so. play the last two years. I and think so. And I think I, th- I think they would if it is a four year deal in the range of 80 85 million i think that would be enough to get it done for the yankees perspective if you're the yankees you can't let this guy leave if you're all about getting that 28th world championship and you thought you should have won it last year you cannot let dj lemay leave i wouldn't go five years but you have to bring him back for four years whatever it is he's got to come back to bring him back for more reasons than one because if you let dj lemay go and you signal that you aren't looking to spend a lot of money Meanwhile, your noisy neighbors in Queens are spending a fuck ton of money. I'm not saying it's a power shift because it's not. No. We have we have 26 more reasons why it's not going to be a power shift. But it is going to be a massive, massive warning shot fired by the Mets in saying, look. I, I don't think the Yankees give a fuck. You're not the only team in New York. I know they don't give a fuck. But the bottom line is the Yankee fans will. And the, and the thing the, is, the, we all know, because we are two of them, when the Yankees don't do something or the Yankees stand still when it is so blatantly obvious that they need to go out of their way to get something done, we go fucking berserk. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not just because the Mets are doing something. It's because I want the Yankees to win the American League pennant in the World Series, not just because the Mets are doing something. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is it looks on the surface to most Yankee fans that they are going to be antsy until there is a pitch thrown in hopefully April that the Mets are 
creeping up and closing the gap on the Yankees. But the Yankees don't really need anything. So what the hell do we want the, the well, Yankees to spend money on? Well, they just is, spent they just paid a pitcher three hundred million dollars last year. Well, what I'm saying is this is all this is signaling if DJ LeMahieu leaves. If DJ LeMahieu resigns, then which I hope he does, and again I hope I'm very wrong on this, then I think Yankee fans will be fine. You know, they 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 won't be clamoring at least at least the sensible minded ones won't be clamoring for JT Real Muto to be signed for two hundred million. You know. Yeah, I, I'll tell DJ you right LeMahieu, now. Yeah, go ahead. if DJ LeMahieu resigns, I think Yankee fans would understand that there is more to do, but the big, the best piece of business that the Yankees could make this offseason is re-signing DJ LeMahieu. I don't think the best bit of business is going out and spending $150 million for Trevor Bauer. I don't think it's spending $100 million on JT Real Muto. It's spending the $75, $80 million that is required to keep DJ LeMahieu in the Bronx. That I is do. the best bit of business they could do. I will tell you, though, if DJ LeMahieu does leave the Yankees, what's going to happen is... Glaber will go back to second base, and Didi uh, Gregorius will be back in the Yankees on a one-year deal. I, I could see it. I could see it. Or, or they go and they trade for Lindor. No, nah, it's not going to happen. He's a free agent next year, and there, there's plenty of other free agents short, uh, shortstops next year. It's not happening. I don't know, it, it, dude. It makes a whole bunch of sense. Brother-in-law Gio Urshela. He's boys with Glaber Torres. I mean, it makes sense if you're looking for a natural life wait, for life. Wait, he's Gio Urshela's brother-in-law? I believe so. Yes. Wow. The brother-in-law yeah. the brother-in-law is on the left side of the infield, but Yeah, the brother the brother-in-law is on the left side of the infield. It's, it's a family affair. Yeah. I know we got to move on, but I uh I don't think DJ LeMay- I think DJ LeMahieu takes less money for the Yankees cuz they need each other. And I, I hope th- so. He was working out with Aaron Judge the other day. Luke Voigt came out yesterday and said DJ is going to be back. I'd bet on it. I I can't see him leaving. And the Yankees took his career to a whole nother level. Um yep. I I can't see I can't see DJ. I think he's all about winning and I think he was born to wear that uniform to quote uh, Rudy, but you know, no, I agree with you. I completely agree with you. So we'll move on. We'll hit one more here and we'll talk about Michael Brantley, the outfielder, the other outfielder for the Houston Astros that is on the market. Um, This is an interesting one because I feel like every contending team in baseball should be interested in a guy like Michael Brantley, where you're talking about a consistent, easy floor, 280 hitter he'll hit you he'll hit 15 20 home runs and he'll get the job done he will be as consistent as consistent can be and those are the kind of players that you sign if you want to win a world a world series so i I mean teams that make sense right off the bat the chicago white Sox, where i have them signing that makes sense the dodgers again the astros the braves the yankees the mets uh the reds the cubs I could keep going. They all make sense. I think every contending team needs to be interested in Michael Brantley. But I think at the end of the day, I think he goes to the Chicago White Sox. I have him going to the Atlanta Braves, replacing Marcelo Ozuna. See, now that's that's an interesting one. If I didn't have Ozuna going back to the Braves, I think it makes perfect sense. And that is the kind of player that the Atlanta Braves need in the middle of their lineup. Someone that brings experience. And Michael Brantley has that where he can rub off on someone like Freddie Freeman, not that he really needs it, but someone like Ronald Acuna, Ozzie Albies, 
Dansby Swanson, those kind of guys that need a little something, Austin Riley, that need a little something in terms of a winner, someone that's been there and done that. And Michael Brantley would slot in perfectly in the middle of that Atlanta lineup. I actually, I love that prediction a lot. And to stick on the theme of the Astros, I have them signing Jock Peterson to replace Michael Brantley. Ooh. And they're going to lose George Springer. I think Jock Peterson's going to go to the Astros. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. All right. That's fair. All right. Let's, uh, let's go through one more just because he's on my list and we haven't talked about relievers. Uh, Liam Hendricks, top reliever on the market. I have him going to the Astros. Interesting. I'm, I'm going to the Dodgers. Dude, who the hell isn't going to the Dodgers? I mean, look, it it makes so much sense that they have another another guy in the back of that bullpen where, look, Kenley Jansen is as inconsistent as inconsistent gets. Yeah, he he's seen better days. Yes, he has. So maybe we're talking about Kenley Jansen being someone that if they sign Liam Hendricks, maybe you jettison Kenley Jansen out of there. They wouldn't get much for him, but I still think the better business for the Dodgers would be just to re-sign Blake Trinan, who was really good for them last year. See, I I agree with you, but I think in terms of what they could use right away, Hendricks across the board was better than Trinan last year. And and sticking with relievers, you, you missed out on a guy in the trade discussion. Josh Hader is going to get traded this offseason. Well, uh, yeah, that's... If you want to go down that avenue, we can definitely go down that avenue. Um, but the I, Astros make a lot of sense, though. You you gotta you gotta give they, me some props there. They make a lot of sense. They really, really do. But I guess the question now that I have for you, Jake, is because honestly, I've had this Josh Hader thought discussion so many times before. I can't get a clear gauge on what his value is. Because, yes, he, he is an elite reliever. There's there's no doubt about that. But what do you pay for that? At what price are you going out of your way to go get a setup man, if that? Well, he's a closer on a lot of teams. There's there's no question about it. But So you think, you think you- that a team like Houston, let's say, would be trading for him to be their closer? You'd probably have to give up Kyle Tucker. I would say um, at least. At least. But I'm telling you right now, I know that they liked him last year as the New York Yankees. And if they ask for a guy like – if they say Clark Schmidt, I do the deal. I agree with you. I think I think Clark Schmidt and Esteban Floreal. I was about to ask that. If they ask, if they ask for Floreal, Flor- would you do you it? You can't – absolutely, because they have Dominguez in the farm system. Mm-hmm. So I would probably do that. But he's worth – your top, I mean, the, the Yankees' top prospect was was Clark Schmidt last year. Yeah. So he's worth. I think he's worth some team's best prospect because he's that good, and he's, he's a lefty. Dominant. He's a lefty reliever who is in the prime of his career, has team control. Are you worried? Are you worried? Let's say, let's say it is the Yankees. Are you worried about potentially there being too many lefties in that bullpen? No, because you need lefties. Lefties are very lefties are so important, and they're also nasty lefties. They're not just any left. They're lefties that can get righties out. Okay. And you, boohoo, you have Chapman, Hader, Zach Britton. Oh wow. Yeah, it, it it could be a lot worse, but I wish the Yankees would be a little bit more in on Liam Hendricks. But I think the other team in New York, when they miss out on Trevor Bauer, is going to make him an offer that makes him think twice. 
listen, I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yep. I wouldn't doubt it because, my God, do the Mets need – well, they need they need a lot of things. But I think the number one thing that we all can agree on is they need someone to light a fire under Edwin Diaz. He wasn't terrible last year, but I think the thing the Mets need the most is a, is a good catcher. And oh, I'm he, sorry, James yes. McCann, to me, is an average player. I don't think he's – I think offensively he's comparable to Wilson Ramos. Obviously, defensively, he's a lot better. Well, McCann but, also – McCann also, I mean, we're not talking, you know, strict numbers wise, obviously with the right season is. last year, but in terms of his slash lines, he had a career year last year. And he's yeah, but he doesn't hit, he doesn't hit righties very well. He's not his his nothing about his career trajectory screams that he's going to be worth the money he gets. That's why if I'm the Mets, I pay Real Amuto what he wants and I worry about everything else. But Preach. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I would say that the Mets are smart. They're going out of their way and they're signing Real Muto. And if they're signing McCann, the one thing for me that probably screams is that Real Muto knows where he's going. And they've yeah. probably already been told no by Real Muto. Yeah. It's, McCann seems like a Band-Aid. Yes. That, that's what it seems like. Yep. It, it seems like a plan B. It's not yeah. the it's not the plan A that yeah. maybe the Mets wanted. And like I said, maybe they've already been told no by Real Muto and his representatives. And that's why they've gone out of their way and making sure that they got McCann. So yeah. that, I mean, that does make some level of sense to me. So that was a, that was a lovely discussion. I love that. Very fun. So we are now going to go into a little bit of a fun segment, and we are going to be talking about our COVID quarantine team, or shall I say COVID quarantine. Hmm. Oh, so you did there. Thank you very much. I am a radio professional is what I do. So here's how this is going to work. I think we're going to do this in sort of a Mount Rushmore sort of style. So we're going to have four picks. And since you are the, the number two, I will let you have first pick there, Jake. So you will get the first pick of your COVID fantasy quarantine. So a, a COVID fantasy quarantine quarantine dress yes all right so i get the first pick that you get the first pick now are we going linear or snake uh snake snake okay snake so so i get i you get the first pick i get second pick and round two i get the first pick and so on so on now can they be basically sorry coaches or just players uh radio personalities like what are we what are the restrictions it could be Anybody you want. Okay. Anybody you want. Celebrities, though, like, I don't know, man. I, I think it we got to keep it in the sports realm. It could be anybody you want in terms wow. of four people that you would want to quarantine with. That is that that's a very, very big game changer. Yes. It makes me got. All right, good. I know who my first pick is regardless. Well, but. you are up first. So, so please share. It's the one and only. Connor McGregor. That's hmm. an obvious one. McGregor uh, is my favorite athlete and favorite. Per- you won't find many bigger fans of Connor McGregor than myself. So now, would Connor McGregor to your uh, your quarantine party? Would he be bringing lots of uh, adult beverages? Yes. To, to say the least, lots and lots of proper number 12 Irish whiskey. It could be the deep sleeper of the week of January 23rd when he fights Dustin Diamond Poirier. 
I would say that is going to be a deep sleeper. Yeah. That is going to be a deep sleeper in more ways than one. If yes. you get my gist. Yeah. Yeah. So you took McGregor. Huh. Okay. Oh man. See this, this is very, very tough because it really comes down to what am I looking for in my time in quarantine? Um, you know, I'm going to go for number number one pick here. I'm going to go with Chef Gordon Ramsay because when wow. I'm in quarantine, I want to be fed quite well because that is the only way that I would stay mentally stable. So if I am properly fed by Chef Ramsay, then I'll be fine. Fair enough. I'm thinking more outside the box here. Yeah. Thinking more outside the box. And then the number two pick. Hmm. This is this is tough. This is very, very tough. Hmm. I would say that my number two pick, I'm you know, I'm gonna go for, for an athlete here, and I'm gonna say someone who can be classified as a quote great American. Someone who is has been honored in the past for his contributions to American society, and someone who definitely, definitely knows how to have a fabulous time, and that is Mr. Eldrick, Tiger Woods. Wow, can't go wrong with Tiger Woods. Ah, I, I listen. If I'm gonna have a house full, I gotta have. I gotta have best of the best and Gordon Ramsay and Tiger Woods that's a party waiting to happen I'm gonna stick on the theme of party waiting to happen okay my second overall pick I gotta laugh if I'm in quarantine hmm that's fair gotta laugh I'm gonna stick with Long Island's own my favorite actor Mr. Adam Sandler you're gonna hate me for this, aren't you? You're really gonna hate no, me. No, don't. If you, there, there will be no Sandler slander on this podcast. I can't stand him. Oh fuck so you. you! That's you all can, I have to say. You could have him. He is the fault. Oh, the Sandler classics are just how he did not win for Uncut Gems is the crime of 2020 that will not be discussed because of all else that was wrong with this year. See, that's very interesting because I I have not seen Uncut Gems, so I can't tell oh you based on what? well well I'm not an Adam Sandler guy, so I avoid Adam Sandler movies like he the is plague. Fu- he is hysterical. But my my kid brother, uh, producer for the Basement Talk podcast, Matt Birdsall, said that, and I quote, "Uncut Gems was the biggest waste of two and a half hours I have ever experienced in my life." Close quote. Well, you know, he could be wrong. It's okay. The, the, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinion, yes. Yeah, but Sandler, he's my guy. Big Jets fan, Long Island native. Hysterical. Sold. Hmm, okay. So then you have the first pick, top of the third round. Oh, oh, I get another pick. You do get top. another pick. Top of the third round. Hmm. Do I stick with people that you can't stand or 
I'm going to go with... <laughs> You're going to hate me for this one, too. Okay. Mr. Mike Francesa. Oh, my God. Yeah, you can have him. That would be... I am one of I am in the my I am in the minority. This the yeah you are. I At really least am. You know it. I am I was I am one of the most loyal Mike Francesa listeners that you will find. I think he's the the Godfather, the Pope. Francesacon. I wish I attended, but I love Francesa. I think a lot of the people that call him up are half the meatballs. Really good insight on horse racing too. I might add. He's a he's a big he's a big uh, horse racer guy. Always always at the races. You catch him at Belmont any day of the week. Why am I not surprised? Yeah, he just seems like a funny guy, and I think if he would hear, you know, I I, I the the funny interaction is a big sell for me because can't you just imagine Mike Francesa talking to a Conor McGregor? Like, what? How do you think that conversation would go? Oh, it would be fascinating. Yeah. So I, I, it's, I'm here for the entertainment. I, the food's great and all, but there's a thing called Uber Eats. And, and McGregor's got plenty. Of, these people have money. So they can order me whatever I want. That's true. No, that is quite true. Yeah. So I have, I have two picks here, don't I? You do. <sighs> hmm. So I am sort of in the mold that I would need someone that knows how to throw it back along with Tiger to make it a bit more fun. Hmm. Okay, well, here's one. Here's one. Can the people be dead? That would have changed everything for me. It would have changed everything, yeah. No, they I would can't have, be. I, I would have I would have put Bob Marley in here. I would have put Mickey Mantle. Okay, that's fair. That's very fair. I would probably would have put Jackie Kennedy in there too. Oh. Oh, I didn't oh goodness. Oh, this opens I, up a whole other can of worms now. Oh, I mentioned Jackie O. Oh shit. Um could this be expanded to a five round draft? <laughs> there are only four on Mount Rushmore. There are oh. only four. Oh shit. Um Okay, I, I I'm going to go a very very safe-ish route kind of. And I'm going to say that in quarantine <laughs> I'll try and be as PG about this as possible because this is a family show. In oh, we have some breaking news on the podcast. Let me let me say. Right. Uh, what what league? NBA. Oh, is James Harden? Nope. Give me one second. Give me one second. Sure. I'm seeing Des Bryant testing positive for COVID. Nope. Not the one. Uh, you ready for this? I want your I want your raw reaction. Okay, go ahead. Paul George has signed a five year, two hundred and twenty six million dollar max extension with the Los Angeles Clippers. That was the news I broke my cellular device out for. Mm -hmm. What did the Clippers like? Why did he play? (laughs) 
what the, after seeing that in the playoffs last year, they said, let's keep that around. Yep. That's that's the reaction I was looking for. So when is Kawhi Leonard going to demand a trade? <laughs> Next offseason? Soon. 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 Okay, so when they when they fall short again this year, we're going to see Kawhi Leonard request a trade. Correct. Okay. Correct. Brooklyn? So, so back to br- potentially Brooklyn. Potentially Brooklyn. Yeah. Potentially the Knicks. Never, oh, the, never, yeah, never in a million years. No, 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 no. There would be a blizzard in hell before that and, happens. And, and John Wall and... DeMarcus, I know we're just sticking on the Knicks. And we got back on time. John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins are united on the Rockets. But wrong team. That they were supposed to do that on the Knicks. They were supposed to go to the Knicks. They were supposed to go to the Knicks. The the the, the New York Wildcats or the Kentucky Knicks, whichever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. Like the Jets would be the New York Tigers or the Clemson Jets. The Kentucky Knicks, New York Wildcats. Yeah. Uh, okay. Back to the Mount Rushmore. Um. So, as I was saying before, I was very rudely interrupted. Um, there is uh, certain activities that may happen or may need to happen when you're in quarantine that require someone of the opposite sex being present. So, in this case, I would prefer a woman to be in there when a woman's touch is required for a certain activity. Oh, God. So I am going to go for Kylie Jenner. That's, yeah. Very basic. Very basic. I was I was going to go down the, 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 the actress role and not the actress that you're thinking of. The wannabe actresses that didn't make it to Hollywood flamed out and decided to go into another acting industry, if you get my gist. Yeah. As much as I do uh, enjoy women's company, there's – and how, you know, obviously, you want to be happily mad. Right? That's all nice. There's one thing I need to see in my life that needs to happen, and that's my New York football Jets winning the Lombardi Trophy. And – my last pick would have oh, to I didn't be. Make my, I didn't make my last pick yet. Well, I thought that was four. No, 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 no. No, that was my third. That, that was, was my third. In this, and then I have one more pick at the top of the fourth. Oh. Well, I have one more pick. One more pick, and I'm not picking someone on the Jets. Don't you dare worry about it. Oh, so you're not going to go with Adam Gase? No, I am not going to go. I am not going to go with Adam Gase. Believe me. Oh, he's go probably, ahead. Get, he's get, probably get the last person. I, I'm sorry to that. shark you like that. I thought that was your last pick. Oh, no, 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 no. Please. Mine is going to be very easy. And it is going to be someone that I do admire. He is my uh, favorite country artist. And that is Mr. Kenny Chesney. Because not only is he one of my favorites and is he someone that I would love to spend some time with, he also has his own rum brand. So I would assume that if we are in quarantine together, that Kenneth Arnold Chesney will be bringing his rum with him. So if that's the case... I will be well-fed, well-medicated. I'll have someone to fuck, and I will be well-boozed up. I have all four bases covered. No, Jerry. No, fuck that. You, no, you fuck wouldn't want to say a couple of words to Jerry? I'll say him right now. Jerry, go fuck yourself. That wasn't very nice. I'm not even telling Christopher Johnson. To, to go do that or Adam Gase and well you're much, much not, you're a much nicer guy than I am yeah that 
that that could be debated. But, but speaking of which, my last pick would have to be the one and only Mr. Joe Douglas, because I have to tell him my ideas for how we're going to turn this thing around, who we should not be hiring as the next coach, who we need to look at in the draft. Free, He needs to hear my ideas. And if he's locked in a room with me, he has no choice but to listen. That's true. That's a fair point. And that's a, that's a yeah. selfish. That's a selfish pick, but I like it. Yeah, that's selfish uh, pick. But and, I and if I had to redo it, I might have to get another WFAN host instead of another WFAN retired host. That is Mr. Joe Beningo. Mr. Of Joe. Joe. Mr. Joe. You know what, Frances is he's getting cut. Beningo was my third round pick. I, I'm picking him up off of waivers. Mm. So you're going with with Joey B over Mike Francesca? I am, yeah, because Joe he he right. he 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 needs to be there. All right, so so you're go- so just to confirm, you're going Joe Benigno over uh, over Francesca. I do love Mike, but yes, because Joe's a bigger right. Jets fan. Okay, so to just to review the picks that were made, Jake has his top four: Connor McGregor, Adam Sandler, the Joe Benigno. And Mr. Joe Douglas, I have Gordon Ramsay, Tiger Woods, Kylie Jenner, and Mr. Kenny Chesney. I think I have all of my bases covered in terms of how I will be able to have a wonderful time in quarantine. Have we established how long we would be in quarantine for with this 14 team? days, 14 days? Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a great team. I'm very happy with mine. My emotional bases would be covered. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But not yes. everything, but you have to make some with everything in life comes sacrifice. This is true. This is true. And I think that we are making a bunch of sacrifices in yep. terms of making sure that we stay safe for the greater good in terms of the people that we will be quarantining with. Yeah. So that is going to do it for the Basement Talk podcast. Thank you very much for listening to the program. We will, of course, be back next week with more something to talk about. We don't know what next week is going to bring, but it's going to bring something and we'll be here to talk all about it. Um, Please enjoy your weekends. Enjoy watching college football. Enjoy watching regular football. If there are any of you in fantasy football playoffs, best of luck to you. Number one and number two, make sure you go check out the basement talk podcast fantasy show where you can find all of your fantasy needs. We, Adam and I will be recording a game preview episode tomorrow, Friday. And please also go check out the Jets Way podcast. If you are a New York Jets fan or if you are not a New York Jets fan and you want to hear what struggling Jets fans sound like, go listen to the Jets Way podcast. That's it a is great a great time, time yeah. for, all, for all parties involved. Couldn't have said it better myself. What can I say? I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a we, we, we might have to bring you on for an ad or something. I, I don't know. We might have to record an ad with you doing that. That, that was, that was wonderful. I'm a company man. What can, what can I say? I, I know, what, I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I'm a man of the people, of course. So for Jake, I'm Bird. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And we will see you next week. Of course, please go check out the Page Talk podcast on Amazon, on Apple Podcasts on Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast, Spotify as well. So I completely butchered that outro up, but that's completely okay because this is an ass-backwards show and who gives a fuck. So for Jake, I'm Bird. Bye-bye. In this crazy world of choices, I believe.